0: Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and silly. welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows, our news, reviews, articles, and of course, our merchandise store. As always, I'm Paul, one of your hosts and with me via the Zoom studio, because as I always say, that's how podcasts are done nowadays with Zoom. And that is Mr. Adam Keller. Adam, how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: I'm doing all right. Thank you for being on. This was a really exciting one for me. I always love to talk to people who, not to get ahead of ourselves, who are in the entrepreneurial spirit. We'll start there. So people kind of have an idea of what we're going to be talking about because you and I were just talking off air. And one of the best things that we kind of, that you brought up to me actually was that this is a really cool time for those people who were maybe the misfits in high school or maybe the misfits when they're younger. Now they're the successful people.
1: Yeah, that seems to be the case. Everyone that I met, and I met a lot of people. It's never the coolest people, you know, that were in high school. At least in my experience, we're just generalizing here. I'm not going, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but like, <laughs> they're usually the ones who stay back behind to get normal jobs or whatever. It's the weirdos or the nerds or the people that, you know, didn't have much of a social life on any spectrum from the punks to the to the loner people who were just, you know, no one talked to. They seem to be the ones, at least in my circle, my town, who are the ones who started something. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you'll agree. In order to make
0: a successful business, whether it's an entrepreneurship, a podcast even, like, it takes a, a certain level of dedication and it's not something that people just hand to you. People don't see the late hours, the sacrifices that you make with family, friends, et cetera. So
1: why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do? So I started a party rental company straight out of college. Um, and people wonder how how's that happened? You know, no one just thinks about that. Well, I had a roommate who worked for a party rental company that had multiple stores in multiple cities. So where my college was in Buffalo, New York, they had a store there. So he would work there and I would occasionally go, you know, make some money. And then I parlayed that into a reference for my summer job between years of college for a local party rental company. And that's when I started seeing invoices and I'm like, Jesus, this is how much they're making. And I'm not good, like taking orders and stuff. So I always knew you know, like it's going to be tough at a job, but I'm going to college and you get a degree. And that's what, usually what happens is you end up in an office. So I knew that was going to happen, but you know, I wasn't really thinking I'm going to start a party around the company. And this is going to be my business forever. And I'm going to make a bunch of money. It was just like, Hey, I know how to do this. Let me make some money. And in the meantime, I'll be searching for my career job. Mm. So I graduated and bought three tents. I, then I worked like at a gas station overnights and did the tents. And then people just kept asking for more stuff for like later that summer or later the next year. So I just was like, yeah, I'll buy it mm-hmm. and rent it to you. And that's how I grew on accident. Like I wasn't meaning to grow. There was nothing purposeful. I just uh, grew. That's really and, cool. Yeah. And then one day you wake up and you got a bunch of money. And I had the office job at the time in the cubicle with a bunch of gossiping ladies around me. And I hated it. So I quit. And just did tense. I,
0: I really respect that. Actually, I have an office. I'm never in my office because I hate my office. I I have a job where I'm I have an office, like it's part of the job. But I am much more productive when I'm out and I'm interacting with people and I'm talking to people and I'm I don't want to say socializing, but it's just it's what I'm better at. I, the idea of just sitting in an office for eight to ten hours a day, just just clacking away at a keyboard, I like it terrified me. Like yes, yeah, sucks. sucks. Yeah. So like, it's cool that you had something that you were good at that you found was marketable about you. That's something that like, you were able to be like, Hey, I provide this service and I'm good at it. And then that service just kind of built and built because people want to party. Like there is no shortage of people who want to celebrate.
1: Yeah. There's, you have no idea how many parties there are every weekend because they're happening in people's backyards. And most people just drive from house to work to grocery store and back really Mm -hmm. I I even resisted doing the big wedding tents because you know I never seen them right out out there and the the company I was working for over the summers we didn't really do that kind of stuff it was smaller stuff but my friend from you know my roommate he quit the company he was working for and started his own as well and he's like you got to do weddings and I'm like I don't know he showed me his books and I was like okay I got to do weddings Mm -hmm. so I started doing weddings and then I realized, you know, everywhere there's a big, giant wedding tent in people's backyards. We just weren't seeing them before because there's no reason to. You're not driving in those places. Right.
0: Now, do you find, so full transparency, my wife and I are recently married. We got married. We, we we joke around there got married twice because due to COVID, we had to do the courthouse meeting one year, push our reception off to the following year where we did a vow renewal. Do you find that people are doing more and more of the, like the backyard style weddings, the tent weddings, like things that they're doing a little
1: bit more on their own? No, so it's, it's balanced back out, but actually COVID was our biggest year. A lot really? of private companies, yeah, no cause, you know, you couldn't get married in the banquet hall that was canceled, but around me, there's a lot of like, just small towns. There's also farm big, you know, we're got a mix. We got a city, we got suburbs, we got the farm place. So even though there was like two towns around me with the more bougie people, they had to cancel every event because they would call and say, our neighbor's going to, our neighbor's going to call the cops on us. You can't tell that to the guy with 50 acres Mm
0: -hmm. that he can't have
1: his party. So they would cancel, but the guy with 50 acres would call up and be like, we're having our wedding. And we did more backyard weddings and backyard parties than any other time because, you know, you're not going to tell these people they can't have their event.
0: Right. My wife and I debated it. Had our venue not, you know, been a little prickly about how much money we would have gotten back from them? Cause at the time we we held out, like we waited till the last minute. I think it was finally like August of twenty of twenty twenty, where they're like, So are you guys moving your wedding or like everything's booking up for next year? And we're like, Ugh. So we finally we push, but we also asked, like, hey, if, if we decide not to to go through with you guys, they're like, Well, we can't return the eleven thousand dollars you've put down towards us. So we were kind of in a bind with that. But we we really debated just doing a nice backyard style thing.
1: Right. That to me was one of the worst parts of the COVID because there was a lot of people canceling and wanting their money back. And we have a no no refund policy right? because in general situations, that is I have saved the date for you. You know, your photographer saved his date and is turning down every other person. Any vendor is doing the same thing. We're promising you that. Mm -hmm. Because you put money down. This was an unprecedented situation. Oh, yeah. This is not like a thing that was in contracts. So I gave everyone back their money who didn't want to change their date. Oh wow. And then in the contract, I added that hey, you know pandemics exist now. If you're putting money down with us for any, you know, for now and into the future, that this is a thing that has happened, it could happen again. You're understanding that now you're not getting money back. Mm -hmm. But before that, that wasn't like a I know. I know contracts are weird and stuff, but, and you know, your venue maybe had some sort of legal ground, but maybe they didn't.
0: But- yeah. But they, they ended up working with us. And it's not only did we get almost the exact same date, but at first they tried to, they tried to do the COVID rules for it. Cause this was like, mm. again, the end of 2020, they were like, you can have 50 people. We'll do a ceremony, a champagne toast, no food, mask mandatory and no dancing. And I said for $11,000, can we do better? And they they took very good care of us in the long run, and we're we're very grateful to them. But it was like I like you said, it was an unprecedented time, and some people were really great about how they interacted with their customers because they want the customers to come back. Others got a little, but also it's business at the end of the day, and a lot of places yeah. up
1: closing because yeah, they, I, I understand they still had bills and stuff. So yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, we don't the, hold it against anybody. The tank companies fared a little better because of. Unless you were a tank company in New York City or, you know, places where you really couldn't. But if you were a tank company that had any sort of rural or sub- suburban area around you, you could have done okay.
0: Oh, yeah. During the pandemic, my sister was living in Manhattan. And I I live in about an hour outside the city with my wife. And it was night and day. Just the things that, like, she couldn't do anything. Right. Like, yeah. But, like, we were, like, we have people. Like, you would drive by, like, the local schools that were closed. And there'd be people tailgating in the parking lot like, all six feet away. It
1: was wild yeah so during that time my life did not change at all actually and most of my employees there was the first three days of lockdown and i'm sitting at my house you know it was a friday sunday monday i I think and i'm second day in i'm seeing cars drive by Mm. and i'm like oh what are they doing where are they going and then i realized you know i own my own warehouse just because i don't have to really have employees there i can go there Mm -hmm. so i went there and worked on we built a horse trailer bar during that time. And then summer began, and then we all just started working, putting up tents. That's
0: awesome. I'm really happy to hear that. Like, you, you hear such bad things about, especially locally owned businesses or entrepreneurships during that time that really suffered. Like, my buddy, he owns one of the other co hosts of the channel, he owns a martial arts school, and they yeah. got hammered during the pandemic, like to the point of, of barely being able to recover. And now he's finally starting to swing back but it's crazy because I have a lot of respect for anybody who owns their own business, just regardless. I learned a lot of work ethic from my dad who works for uh, big banking, and Mm. he's the hardest working guy that I know. Like, Always hustling, always working hard. So anybody that does their own thing like, just immediately has my respect. Now for you though, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is
1: you do a little bit of work on the old YouTube and TikTok, right? Yeah. So you know, i was i watched youtube and i was always thinking hmm what can, what can i do in the youtube space and i didn't really want to do much because i didn't want to like edit that much and get too crazy into it and i didn't want the whole hey guys kind of voice like
0: hey yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. The,
1: there's a dude i watched and it has nothing to do with tents or business or anything he talks about magic the gathering and all he does is put a camera up and talk into it he's talking to talk into it for exactly 10 minutes and one second now he talks into it for eight minutes and one second because the ad thing changed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's there's no editing. And I was like, I can do that. I can point a camera at my face. And now it's all easy because it's on your phone. You literally take it on your phone oh, yeah? and then upload it. So I'm like, all right. The thing I know about is Tents. So I started talking about Tents and how to start a party rental company. And then it kind of just got big. As big as it can be. This is a niche. I'm never going to have 100,000, 200,000 people in there. We're up to about 9,000 right That's now. That's awesome people. though. So that was happening, and I was like, oh, that's this is cool." and then then I discovered there's Facebook groups for party rental stuff and and then I started getting inundated with messages trying to you know, people asking things. So I made a patreon to I was I'm anti I'm uncomfortable trying to make money off of social media because I make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But the Patreon, I kept it low. It was more to funnel the the serious correct, yeah, the serious people and not answer. 200 YouTube comments and 200 Facebook messages.
0: It is overwhelming.
1: It, it's so, very overwhelming. Yeah. So that was doing good. And I was also anti-courses because I know there's a lot of bad courses out there, mm-hmm. but still even the Patreon and the regular messages, I'm still getting overwhelmed. So I'm like, all right, let me try to do a course. So I put it in on free, pre-sale and a bunch of people bought it. So I was like, okay, now I got to make a course. So... I went above and beyond what I thought a normal course would be. I made it 30 hours long, and there's a Facebook group and one on ones and whatnot. So, and everyone who's taken it says it's like, you know, legit mm-hmm. better than a lot of courses that they bought. So, uh, there's that to help people start their party rental business. And then I accidentally got big on TikTok. So, I joined TikTok only to find business ideas because you can find them on YouTube. I'm like, all right, so let's go to TikTok. They're going to be short, quick oh, yeah. ideas or whatever. And I was finding only like, you know, drop shipping or go to go to etsy type this in see what's popular then find a company to make it drop ship it or print on like and then a whole bunch of scam stuff send me seven dollars and i'll teach you this oh yeah and I, and I was like all right i know a lot of i've done a lot of businesses i know a lot of people and i constantly think about businesses I'm like let me just make a few videos of like real side hustles and i did and then i got to ninety thousand people
0: wow that's wild. So when you say side hustles though, is it specifically about tent rentals and stuff like that? No. Or just... Okay.
1: Everything and anything.
0: So what, what is one of your most popular videos?
1: Well, my most popular video is has to do with rentals. I was just talking about dance floor, portable dance floor. Okay. And it was like my third TikTok video and I, I did not know that you could like pause and stop a TikTok as you're recording it. Mm-hmm. So I know I had three minutes. So I just finished unloading a truck, and I'm kneeling down by my dance floor, talking about it, and then I keep breathing. And there were so many negative comments on there oh. that it blew up. No, I learned this later that the negative comments are good because oh, yeah. then more people see it, and and then from there that got me a bunch of followers. And I kept making some. One of the I, I did one about mobile bartend and not mobile bartending, mobile barbers. You know, you turn either a van or a trailer into a mobile barber thing and you Mm -hmm. drive around and do that instead of them coming to you and you charge a premium instead of a 12 20 haircut now it's a hundred dollar haircut because you drove for them right that one blew up mobile there's a lot of people who have made horse trailer bars recently we made one and we sold it but they turn a horse trailer into a mobile mobile bar and then go do events that kind of stuff blew up I
0: like it. You know, especially nowadays it seems like everybody needs some sort of secondary source of income. Like everybody's looking for something to subsidize what they do. Like I have my my traditional job that I do for my 8 hours a day, 40 hours a week, a little extra if I'm lucky, and then I come home and this is what I do. I do podcast interviews and I do editing and I do all this stuff. Do you find that more and more people are looking for ways to make more money outside of their current job?
1: yeah i think a lot of people are always looking for ways to make more money and it's a, it's obviously a smart thing because whatever your normal job is it could either become obsolete it could be moved overseas you could just be too old and they're looking for younger people or whatever that'd be illegal but right. they could they could still do it and you're all of a sudden 45 50 and you've got nothing you only had that one source of income mm-hmm. so even just doing a side hustle on the weekends you know, that's bringing in extra money. At least, you know, you no longer have a job. At least you could try to get that going to be a full-time thing. But most side hustles end up becoming, not most, but a lot of times you start a little side hustle for some money and then you, you realize, well, I can take this somewhere.
0: So for you though, like, do you have an actual side hustle or is it all just kind of right back to your primary job and all this stuff is just supplementing that?
1: So, well, let's run down everything I own and do. Go for it. So I so I own a party rental company mm-hmm. with the tents, tables, chairs, dance floor, all that stuff. We opened a thing that works with the party rental company, but it mostly deals with caterers. So dishes, glassware, flatware, stuff like that. That is a separate company. We have a restroom trailer company. For anyone who doesn't know what a restroom trailer is, it's just a trailer with real restrooms in it, flushed, AC, all that stuff.
0: Oh, that's actually very um,
1: smart. <laughs> so those three are separate companies, but they do work together. So like if someone called... My tent company, four dishes, and the restroom trailer—they would have a seamless experience. I would just technically subrent those from the other people, hmm. the other companies. We have a twelve thousand square foot Airbnb that was converted; it was a barn converted into a house. So, like those things you see on HGTV and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. just bought a venue. Then, obviously, I have my YouTube, my TikTok, do a lot of affiliate linking. I had an affiliate linking YouTube channel where I review stuff off of that I bought. And then, but somehow they got taken down. I got campers, like teardrop campers that I rent out on the RV rental apps. It's They're like our Airbnb apps, but for renting RVs. So people come pick up teardrop campers from me. I wrote a book. I wrote a bunch of books.
0: Why did I not do are... this part? I like during their pre-show, I was like, tell me everything about you. You didn't mention there's books.
1: A, there's a billion things. I just started the blog to be related to the book to the YouTube and to the TikTok real world side hustles. I have a coin pushing channel on YouTube where I play with a coin pusher that I bought and people watch it and I get paid to play with my coin pusher. That's awesome. and I just bought some land and we're trying to figure out how to turn it into a glamping Airbnb because a glamping tank can be listed on Airbnb. It can be listed on this one called hip camp. And it can, I don't know that I forgot the name of the other one. It, it can be listed on another one. That's just for glamping. tents. Hmm.
0: It's funny, we my friends and I were just talking about a camping trip. I like it's it's weird. <laughs> he actually brought that up because we were literally just discussing going camping, and the three of us are very different levels of outdoorsmen, I guess is the best the best term. Me, right. I can a tent and a sleeping bag. That's all I need. Like I'll, yeah. I'll figure the rest out. So my, my my other two friends, they, they require a little bit more luxury. And my wife will not go camping unless it is some sort of style of glamping. She like, actively refuses. She's like, I'm not designed to be in the woods like that. You want to go hiking? Right. I'll go hiking.
1: <laughs> well, maybe so. my guys might want to go on one of those RV sites and rent one of the con- converted vans with a bathroom and a shower. Yeah, yeah, that's big
0: now. Like things like TikTok and YouTube made it so that those things are so much more well known. Like you go on Instagram and you're scrolling through, and suddenly you'll see a reel of somebody who converts like a school bus into a fully functioning, like basically house on wheels. It's yeah. wild, and I and I I love hearing that somebody's able to make business out of that.
1: Yeah, that's why I bought the teardrop trailers as a test because the first person I saw of any substance on TikTok was a guy who owns three vans that are converted into campers and he rents them out and each one makes anywhere from three to $5,000 a month. So he's making potentially 15,000 a month off of his three vans on those apps. And I was like, well, let me test this out with a teardrop trailer. But I wouldn't have known that unless I joined TikTok. Yeah.
0: You know, it's funny. TikTok's a weird animal where a lot of the, like I find myself just mindlessly scrolling instead of focusing my energy towards what I was looking for. And then suddenly I was like, well, this isn't for me. So I gave up on TikTok. We have a TikTok. We do use it. We put videos on there. But it's nice to hear that TikTok, because a lot of times when you hear TikTok, you just imagine teenagers doing weird dances.
1: Yeah, no, TikTok is crazy because, all right, so I thought TikTok was just what I see. That's TikTok. But my girlfriend got it because she's doing like a YouTube channel for like health and wellness. And she signed up and she's seeing bouncing boobs and, you know, teens dancing. And I'm like, no, you have to push it and say not interested and it's going to start learning you and now her tiktok is just filled with a bunch of ladies talking about health and wellness and i was like i had no idea this existed mm-hmm. because it's tailored to each person so tiktok's cool it's it's bad if you don't tailor it to you by saying i don't like this but if you tailor it to you and then you're really only shown what you want to see
0: yeah so that was my issue i would just literally just scroll and without yeah. saying you know without liking things without interesting and my wife was the one who was telling me, she's like, they keep track of all this stuff that you do. She showed me like you if you like like swipe to the left, it shows like all the videos that you've watched. And I was like, oh, I don't even remember watching half these things because I was just mindlessly scrolling. Or I'd put my phone down while I was on TikTok and it would just show the same video over and over again. And I wasn't paying attention. So TikTok's a, a weird animal. But I'm glad that, like I said, it's it's cool that you're using it in a, such a positive way. And it isn't just, you know, bouncing boobs and teenagers dancing around and doing all these stupid challenges i'm over the tiktok challenges i'm a little little yeah, yeah
1: tiktok can be really dumb
0: i feel like i'm a little too young to be so old man about it like all oh, these kids with their with their tiktoks and their rap music but yeah here we are so now one of the things so my most curious this is more of a personal thing for me cuz it's my show and i'm allowed to do that and for some reason people still listen for me, I've always wanted to create like a real side hustle. You know, obviously I'm in my 30s, I'm married, I have a full-time job, I have a full-time career, you know, bills to pay, animal to take care of, you know, hopefully one day kids on the way. What would you say to somebody in my position or a similar position who wants to start a side hustle but doesn't know where to go?
1: Yeah, so that this happens all the time. Everyone wants to do it. First, I got my book. I'm a horrible salesman, but there's 101 side hustles in there. But you can also just watch the TikToks because most of the ideas in the book are on, on the TikTok. And I told people that when I told them I wrote a book, I was like, none of you guys watching should buy this because every idea in here is going to be a video. But but anyways, coming up with an idea is the hardest and I don't have any like advice for that. But what I do have advice for is to start thinking that way. So there's a lot of people who need motivation or ideas. So they buy books or they buy a course or they talk to someone who can motivate them. Even sometimes they pay for those motivational people. And I think that is completely wrong. You know, no motivation needed. If you can start training your brain to start thinking like an entrepreneur, then you automatically just see opportunities. And what I mean by that is anywhere you go where there's a transaction of money or you know a person who has a business Like you go to a restaurant, look around, try to think, how are they making money? Where are they losing money? You never have to even talk to the owner. You're just hypothesizing Mm -hmm. all these things. You look at the menu and there's 100 things on there. Or you go to the next restaurant and there's 20 things, but each one of these shares something. So you know that their cost to make this food is less than the company, the restaurant. has a 100 things. And just anywhere there's a transaction involved, observe and hypothesize where they're losing money, where they're making money. And anytime you see something on TV or on TikTok or YouTube, where someone's making a business or a business decision, try to hypothesize why. So you're starting to train your brain a certain way to think that way. And after time, it'll take a little while after time, you're just going to see opportunities. You'll see a TikTok video and immediately within five minutes be like, that's a business for me. I can do that. Or I'll tell my friend about that or no, that won't work here or you'll just see opportunities there's opportunities around you all the time but you never even thought about them because you never even thought that way to begin with but they're there and people have been mentioning them and you've been seeing them but you've not been thinking about it so as when you start training your brain differently it just it just happens mm-hmm.
0: Now, do you think people hesitate, though, and they'll they'll make excuses as to why they can't do something or why they shouldn't do something, whether it's money, time, like any of those things? What's the most common excuse? I'm going to assume it's money.
1: It's, it's fear, which the, within the fear is the money always. Mm-hmm. But if you spent three years every time you're out thinking about how these places are making money and how that guy's making money and whatnot, that goes away because your brain is now an entrepreneur's brain. And you're not worried about the money you're looking at the risk reward the things you could do better the things that you've thought about it's hard to put the words but like if you can retrain your brain the fear and the motivation goes away and you just do things when there's opportunities that arise hmm.
0: i like that it, it's it's interesting because i've worked with a lot of different people who do a lot of different things and it always comes down to how you view the world and how you kind of train your brain to think a lot of people get really stuck in their ways, but it sounds like you're the kind of guy that is constantly looking for new and you know different ways to look at things.
1: Yeah, like anytime I go out to a restaurant, we went to a pizza place the other day, and I'm just looking around at their layout, looking at their menu, you know, every analyzing everything about it. I don't, wanna, I don't want to own a pizza place, but I'm interested in how they're operating and how they're making money. And I feel like if anyone listening and they think about one of their friends or family members or an entrepreneur, I feel like that they, that those people are just like that too, that that's what they're thinking about when they're out.
0: Yeah. They're always looking at like, even if it's not a business that's similar to theirs, they're always kind of picking it apart, like purely logistically and almost instinctively. My yeah. wife makes fun of me because I look at things when we go to a restaurant, I look for, all right, well, where's the door? And where's the, you know, like where are all these things? And she, she makes fun of me. Cause she's like, do you think somebody's going to come in here and attack? Are, are we going to get attacked by ninjas? Right. I, go, I trained in martial arts for almost 30 years. And I've, you know, my, my job requires a certain level of being aware. So she, she likes to make fun of me, but it's just the way that my brain is currently trained. So I, it's going to be an interesting challenge for, for myself personally to start looking at things in that regards. Now, speaking of which you mentioned that you have a course that you offer, right? Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. So it's the party rental course, basically 30 hours. And at the, at the end of it, you know how to have a party rental company. But the most important thing I want to put in there was all the tips and tricks mm-hmm. to save money. Because I've calculated I'm about three dollars to $400,000 in mistakes that other people don't have to make. One of the big ones was I didn't know what the difference between DBA, LLC, and S Corp. Mm-hmm. So over since 2005, that's about two hundred dollars or $250,000 in the self-employment tax that I've paid being a DBA. If I was an S-Corp that entire time, I would have been an employee of the company and avoided 15% on a large portion of self-employment tax. Huh. And, and then the rest over there is like, you know, I made this mistake, I did this, that, don't do this. This, this is going to cost you $20,000 in the long run if you, you know. So like, it's really important to me to, you know, Teach people the mistakes so that they can save a bunch of money and they can fast track and instead of them making the mistakes themselves. Mm -hmm. And also, like, I do go into insurance and business and stuff. Like, I know it's not really needed in the course because that's just general kind of stuff, but I still think it's important to go over and definitely in relation to a party rental business. But then the biggest portion of the course is obviously tents and setting them up and all the different kinds of equipment, dealing with customers, marketing a party rental business
0: see i think stuff like that's really important because you if you anybody who's listening to our show we've we've done we have three shows that we do our this is one of like now our main show but we had a show we still have it called the multiverse fancast that we started years ago we had no freaking clue what we were doing and we thought we would just get a microphone put it on a table and be world famous podcasters by the end of that. Obviously that has not happened. We have a very good following, a very loyal following. We love our fans. They're they're fantastic, but you know, we're not Joe Rogan. You know, because right. that's what every podcaster wants to be Joe Rogan making billions of dollars to to spout their opinions. I wish that I had had something to begin with. because when i when we first started podcasting it was just starting to kind of pull traction and now with covid everybody and their mother got a podcast like suddenly right. they were everywhere they're in the common lexicon now like people i used to have to explain what a podcast was like i had to be like it's it's an internet radio show you know like on the it's like a like the talkie films you know except on the internet so i used to have to explain it to people and now like you say podcast they're so like oh i know pod and like one of the 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 ghostbusters movie that they just did there was a character named podcast because yeah. because he had a podcast that was his character. So I wish that I had had a course or at least someone to to really help us get in the right mindset and kind of we made a lot of mistakes podcasting and we're finally at a point where it's better but I think courses like that are really important and I and I kind of and I really do respect that sort of idea. And do you find a lot of success with it? Do you find that people get a lot of value out of it?
1: Yeah, everyone who's taken the course so far cuz we have a Facebook group where we meet once a month. And I thought those meetings were just gonna be like half hour, an hour. They're like lasting four hours because everyone wants to stay. I thought people just want to come in and get out. Yeah, that's Uh, everyone wants to stay and talk. So yeah, everyone who's taking it has had nothing but good things to say about it. Mm -hmm. I actually felt gross about starting my Patreon because like I make a lot of money Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna charge someone 12 bucks a month to talk to me. But there was a guy who was gonna sign up for it and he goes, How would you would you pay 12 months or $12? your first few years to be able to talk to someone and not make mistakes, it's only $12. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I I would have. And so then it made me feel okay, better about doing it in my course. Like I know this, like my course could go for like $1,500, $2,000 based on other people's, no one else has a partner, of course, but like there's similar, like start a venue, do this or that going for 2000 bucks. And I'm like, you know let's let the people save that money so that they can buy their stuff I'm I'm at three eighty nine and I feel like that's fair for how much work I put into it, mm-hmm. but, and is, um,
0: it is it something that like you go, it's completely online. it's like basically just like yes yeah, so there's a
1: the, style. there's all these course websites now because a lot of people are making them. It's called Kajabi. so you build your website and your course right in there and someone just goes to my site and they sign up and they have a login. And they go in and it keeps track of where they were. And there's downloadable things. Like I included contracts, like a contract, 700 bucks just to begin with. Right. Like to make your own diagrams, site visit forms. Because, you know, we got to go visit sites and here's a nice thing to fill out. So you have all the information so that everyone at the office knows what's up. But yeah, you just sign in and it's like, it's 30 hours. And I keep adding to it too. Like, Oh, that's I'm gonna awesome. Do a, I'm going to do a restroom trailer course. And that's going to be its own course. Because like people just want to get into that business. Hmm. But that's also going to be in the big one. So whoever bought the big one gets that when it comes out. And if someone just wants the restroom trailer one, that's like 75 bucks or something.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Like, I I like the idea of it constantly growing and evolving because I I recently signed up for, not signed up for a course, but I did like an intro meeting for the course. And it was how to create just better YouTube quality and automation, right? Where you have a a team of people doing your stuff. Because I always... I, and you mentioned earlier how, much, like, you, how easy it is now to do a YouTube video and all that stuff and, and mild editing, if any. I hate editing. I am the worst at editing. I, I don't like to edit. I don't like to put things together. I love to do content. I love to talk to people. I love to do all this stuff. But it's the behind-the-scenes stuff that I'm just like, oh, this sucks. So I oh, wanted yeah. to find a way to take what I'm already doing and have somebody else do it. And so – I talked to this person and they're, they're part of this company that does it. And he's like, all right, so how much money would you like be ready to put down? I was like, I can't give you a number because I don't know like what, I don't know anything. He goes, yeah, the average put down is about 5,000 to $10,000. I said, I'll see you later because that's not what I'm looking for right now. And it was just jarring how big that he just kind of threw at me. So some people, they, they have that kind of, belief that their product is worth it. I think I like hearing that you have so much value in your product and it's also reasonable. It's maintainable. It's something that anyone could do. And I think that that adds even more value to it.
1: Yeah. I'm just nervous about not living up to it, but I know it's, I know it's great, but I Mm -hmm. still get nervous. Also with me, there's years and years and years of videos that people can go back and verify if I'm good. And I do tell people like, you don't have the money. You don't got 389 you can watch my 2000 videos on YouTube. It's just going to take you a long time. And that's going to give you pretty much like 60 to 70% of what's in the course. So there's that. I'm not, I don't force it. I don't sell it to anyone. I just make videos and say, Hey, I have a course, you, you know, go check it out. Mm-hmm. And then I feel most people, most smart people who are going to buy a course should vet the people. And it's Absolutely. hard to do sometimes because some people don't have an online presence besides when they're talking about the course.
0: Right. I. I, my wife is like, a CIA investigator. If somebody right. does not, if like somebody comes into our lives in any capacity, she will vet them completely on social media. Like she, I'm the worst. Like if somebody's like, "Hey, can I be on your show?" I'm like, "Yeah," right. I I know nothing about that person half the time. I do do my research, obviously, and I try my very best. But like my wife is just, she's like Batman. Sometimes I don't know how she does it. Right. Now, for our listeners, if they wanted to check out your your YouTube content, what's your YouTube handle?
1: My YouTube is The Tent Guy. All you got to do is type in The Tent Guy. I pop
0: right up. And we will make sure that we put a link to that on the episode description for you guys. But we're running a little low on time. Just one last question for you. Actually, two. First of all, your book.
1: What is the title of your book? It's called 101 Real World Side Hustles. And that's the name of my TikTok too, Real World Side Hustles. All right. Because fun fact, my wife
0: has a book page on Instagram, and she is always looking for new books to talk about. I, I swear she is... She's busier than I am. She's in grad school. She's working. I don't know how she finds the time, half the time. But one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's looking to start their own business.
1: That you need to know what that business actually does. So if I ask you, what you know know my main business, what would you say my main business is or what it does? For you, party rentals. You provide tents and basically setups for people to have their own parties. Yeah. So the party is the end result of what I do. But actually what I do is material handling and logistics. I need to figure out how to get stuff from the warehouse to the truck, from the truck to the site, and then reverse it all. That's where the majority of my time is spent. I'm not a party company. That's just what happens at the end. So once I started focusing in on getting efficiency equipment, setting up processes to make all that faster, then I made more profit. And more profits better than more revenue because more revenue just means you're out there working longer hours and, making more money, but you're probably in the end actually losing more money, even though you're saying you have more money. So to everyone, this is understand what business you're actually in and what brings you the money. Like I talked to a chiropractor who had 40 clients and he started doing TikToks and YouTubes and Instagrams about like knowledge and entertainment and funny stuff. And from 40, he grew to 400 and he realized that chiropractic is just the end result of what he does what what he should be focusing in on is marketing and client acquisition so that's all he does now other people do the chiropractic so podcasting the end result is a podcast but as you know you know the main thing is besides making it is no one's going to watch it if you don't get it out there either on tiktok youtube if you don't pay for ads if you don't network with other people like Are you on anyone's, are you a guest on anyone's podcast? I have been. Yeah, exactly. So like, that's a big portion of where you're at. Making beats, like someone's going to throw beats up on one of those beat selling websites. No one's going to go buy it because they don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're a music producer, but that's just the end result. What your real business is, is marketing and networking. So focus in on that. So I know I just went off on that, but basic thing is you may think your business is one thing, when actually it's something else. So try to core down to what that is. And if you can focus in on that, that's going to be, you know, going to grow you more than what you think your business is actually doing. That's awesome.
0: So we're going to end on that because that was probably one of the, like, best things I've heard all day that was really cool for anybody who's looking to learn a little bit more about Adam you can go to startapartyrentalcompany.com he mentioned his youtube his tiktok his book which is uh, fantastic I do also want to point out something that you mentioned our very good friends who we do networking with actually does a magic the gathering <laughs> youtube channel so it's funny you said that and that's our friend Brendan you, you guys if you any of our listeners have been listening for a while they know Brendan he goes by blindbat8719 on youtube cuz that's what he went by and he does magic the gathering so i have to just mention that because that's hilarious but that's gonna wrap us up for tonight adam thank you so much for joining us this was fantastic yeah thanks for having me on and hopefully we'll have you back on again and talk a little bit more business yeah anytime all right thank you Hey guys, it's Paul, and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands. And the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast. Maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on us. That is a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service that you're always looking to grow and advertising is a very big part of that. If you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you guys can get $100 worth of free advertising again as a thank you from us to you guys. That's sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfitfaction. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Adam. He was fantastic. I had a lot of fun talking to him. And I thought he brought a lot of value to the show and just things to think about, things to always talk about. So we want to thank him again for jumping in and just being an awesome interviewee before we uh, close up the the episode i just wanted to remind you guys that our website themisfitfaction.com has links to all of our episodes all of our shows including this one the multiverse fancast and cinematic adventures we also have brand new news reviews and articles on the website so make sure you guys check it out And if you guys are taking us on the go, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, whatever it is, make sure you guys subscribe, download, leave us reviews. It really does help out the show. Uh, All of our shows are doing really well, but we always love to hear from our fans and get support from you guys. And make sure you check out for our other shows, Fan Feedback Friday, every Friday morning between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.